Right now, we're going to bring on our next guest. We've got Colin Long joining us from OIDA to talk a little bit about what's going on in the Senate right now. Colin, thank you for being here. We just heard from John Gallagher talking about automatic emergency braking systems. We know that right now the Senate and the House are kind of tossing up a couple different things going on in the transportation space. What are they talking about and what is OIDA seeing? Uh, we're talking about speed limiters. I mean, at OIDA, we're always talking about speed limiters. We're throwing out every, all the stops to try and prevent the rulemaking from happening. And now we've got some support in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I'm sure most folks know we had a bill in the House introduced excuse me, that would prevent FMCSA from moving forward with the rulemaking. We're really pleased that prior to the start of August recess, a group of senators introduced legislation that would mirror that House bill and prevent FMCSA from uh, moving forward with a mandate on speed limiters. Now our goal is to gain more and more support for that proposal in the Senate so we can have uh, a bicameral approach to preventing FMCSA from moving forward. And unfortunately, and I've said this time and time again, when the Agency uses its own authority to advance a rulemaking like it has with speed limiters. Sometimes, though, well, not sometimes, always, the only way to prevent it from moving forward when they're overlooking all the comments that truckers have submitted saying, please don't impose this mandate on us, is to have lawmakers weigh in. Remember, these departments and agencies get their authority from Congress. Congress can then come in and say, you guys have overstepped your bounds, and we think that's certainly what they're doing with speed limiters right now. And Colin, when there is an overstepping done by Congress, how difficult is it to peel that back? It almost seems like once you kind of give any of that ground, it's almost impossible to give any of it back. You're right. Uh, it is. I mean, we saw that with the ELD mandate, but I think we've done a really good job as an organization and as a leader of a coalition of industries and organizations uh, to get out in front of this one rather than be reactive like uh, a lot of folks were with the ELD mandate. And, and really, you're right. It's a tall order uh, to get an agency to kind of pump the brakes on a rulemaking that they have prioritized. Uh, however, I don't think they've anticipated the type of opposition that they would get from lawmakers who who have said, you know, we just passed a highway bill not long ago and it included a lot of requirements for FMCSA to move forward with rulemakings and mandates. This was not one of them. Uh, Congress really hasn't given the agency direction to go about doing this. So I think it's responsible of Congress to use its oversight to then come in and say, uh, not so fast, my friends, this 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 rulemaking uh, is not going to promote safety on our highways. It's not going to improve the supply chain. It's not going to improve driver retention and recruitment. There's any number of reasons why this rulemaking is a bad idea for FMCSA to, to move forward with. And I think Having the agency focus so much on this notion that they can reduce crash severity has either blinded them or uh, prevented them from seeing all the other consequences that are going to come from this rulemaking. And I think us going to Capitol Hill with our coalition that includes agriculture, livestock, towing, materials, construction industry, I think taking our message to Capitol Hill and saying, here are all the unintended consequences that FMCSA really isn't focusing on as they move forward with this rulemaking, uh, has opened a lot of eyes on Capitol Hill that, uh, you know what, maybe there is a, an appropriate role for congressional oversight on this issue. So we're pleased to have a House bill. We're super pleased to have a Senate companion now, and we're going to continue to gain support for both. So we know that in the industry, a lot of these stakeholders, as you mentioned, are concerned about the bill. And a lot of these sta industry stakeholders specifically are standing up in opposition to it, which is great news for you guys in your position. And as you mentioned, those proponents are talking about reducing crash severity. But 
folks who are opposed are saying, you know what, this will maybe reduce severity, but it will probably up frequency of crashes, right? So we're looking at trading more severe crashes just for more crashes on the roadways. Who are the ones that are actually a proponent of this bill other than the FMCSA? Is there anyone in the industry who is standing up and saying, yes, we want this to happen? Or are the majority of industry stakeholders, as you mentioned, agriculture, you guys, your independent uh, drivers, are the majority of folks opposed to it? We found that there are people supporting it. Certainly, uh, safety advocacy organizations are on board. Uh, they want to slow trucks down to as low as 60 miles an hour. When we start talking about that on Capitol Hill, I think that really uh, a light bulb goes off for a lot of lawmakers and their staff because they can imagine their highways back home, especially out west where some uh, passenger vehicles are allowed to drive 80, 85 miles an hour. They can picture what type of chaos it'll cause when large trucks are limited to 60 miles an hour. And uh, unfortunately, there are large carriers out there who have voluntarily decided to use speed limiters to manage their fleets who now want to impose the same requirements on small carriers, our members, uh, because they see it as taking away one of the last remaining competitive advantages our members have, which is the ability to move safely with the flow of traffic. So uh, it's difficult because uh, whenever our industry is split, whenever motor carriers are split on an issue, uh, it makes members of Congress a little more tepid to, to get behind some of the proposals we bring forward. But I think this one is pretty stark. Uh, when you talk to members of Congress elected from states like Montana, like South Dakota, where speeds tend to be high because, you know, roads tend to be pretty flat and straight, uh, they really understand and appreciate our argument. And when we have this coalition come together and say, you know, it's not just an issue that affects your traditional motor carriers. It affects anyone who is reliant or dependent upon trucking. And I think the coalition we've put together really demonstrates that this goes far beyond just a motor carrier disagreement over whether or not speed limiters should be mandated. It goes into our economy much deeper. And I think that also reinforces this notion that, uh, you know, we're still trying to over overcome uh, problems in the supply chain that have led to a lot of inefficiency. And slowing down a large portion of the trucks that are currently hauling freight on the road is probably not a wise way to improve supply chain efficiency. And I think that message is really resonating now that we have other industries coming on board and talking about how it's going to affect their operations as well. Colin, that, that was going to be my next question is that efficiency standpoint, because I understand the safety aspect, but as you and Kaylee mentioned earlier, the frequency aspect also takes up and really being able to merge with the speed of traffic also makes a huge difference, I'm sure. What are going to be some of the next steps that we're going to be watching for in the coming weeks or months here? Well, you know, we're spending a lot of time focusing on Capitol Hill right now because we've got these two bills. We're trying to generate support for these two bills so we can demonstrate to leadership in both the House and the Senate that they, they should advance. They should be uh, passed by both chambers. But simultaneously, the work at FMCSA to advance this rulemaking is ongoing. Their, their goal is to have a, a proposed rule out uh, this fall. Uh, We've slowed that down a little bit because we forced them to to analyze about 15,000 messages and comments from uh, truckers who are saying, please do not impose this mandate on us. Uh, but we can't slow them down forever. And it's, it's very clear that they intend to move forward. So I think we're looking at fall as a time when they finally come out with uh, their proposal, which will include a set speed. Uh, don't forget, they're considering different speeds, 60, 65, 68. We're not really sure where they're going to fall, but I don't think it helps that safety advocacy groups have, have 
told them go no faster than 60 miles an hour. And I think if you look at the conditions surrounding this rulemaking, clearly the agency is moving forward at the behest of safety organizations. So if they are hearing from these organizations that they should go no higher than 60, we think there's a good chance 60 is what they settle on. And like I said earlier, I mean, every truck on the road going 60 miles an hour, it's just going to be mayhem. And, And we do expect crash rates to increase. And unfortunately, I think the agency is focusing so much on reducing crash severity that they're missing the fact that some of the crashes that may increase as a result of this rulemaking are some of the most severe you can imagine, like the passenger vehicles coming up too fast on a slower moving truck and, and rear-ending them. That's a, that's a scary crash for anyone in a passenger vehicle. And I think that is being missed in this uh, assumption or estimate that uh, you can reduce crash severity, fatalities, and injuries by just slowing down trucks. Absolutely, Colin. Great points there. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We will talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I always appreciate it. No, okay, it would be interesting if all the trucks on the road decided to just stop to like 50 miles an hour. I got to say, there's nothing worse than driving in West Texas where the speed limit on the interstate is 85. <laughs> coming up on a truck that's doing 65 and just being like, come What's on. What's going on here? What's going on here? <laughs> exactly. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Freight Waves now in just a few minutes. 